0: Kenny Lehman and Tyler Acomas. Brennan Thompson, speedster, four star kid, has three years left of eligibility, Five foot ten, 168 pounds, but he, I mean, out of high school, he was top 20 in the country in the 100 and 200 meters. Translation my dude is very, very fast. He's gonna be a vertical threat. Oklahoma again transferring from Texas to Oklahoma and when you look at this it's hard to it's hard to really blame Brendan Thompson right because you look at that receiver room at Texas and just all the weapons they have AD Mitchell Xavier Worthy Jonte Cook now probably going to factor in Isaiah Naor probably going to be a guy Jordan Whittington like you go down the list here there's only so much football to go around and Brendan Thompson I think is a little bit further down that list Oklahoma Wide-open offense under Jeff Lebby. They're looking for a wide receiver to step up. they got some guys they're excited about, but quite frankly, there's still a lot of football for receivers to make a case to get. And I think Brendan Thompson is going to fit very, very nicely there, or at least have a chance to make a case for himself to get some very real PT. J.D. Piquel upon three.
1: Talking about the addition of Brennan Thompson announced on Monday night via the portal. Yeah, fast. Speed is what you're getting here. What if I were to tell you, though, you're not j- getting just speed. Maybe you're getting the uh, fastest player in OU football history. You referenced it earlier, so I know that you you heard me telling Parker about this at 2 o'clock. But I uh, had a phone conversation today with OU historian Mike Brooks. And he told me, like, he threw out the numbers from his junior and senior year. Running track at Texas, 10-2-4 in the 100, won a state championship, uh, 20-73-200, won a state championship in the 200 as well, senior year of Texas. Mike Brooks seems to think that judging by the numbers, and he's a historian, Travis, so he's not into hot takes. He's into history, he's into numbers, he's into these are, this is what the numbers say. And he's going by that, and he thinks that Brennan Thompson could be the fastest player in OU history, which... uh, Get you Very little
2: there Very possible, and he, uh, you know, he broke the 3A UIL uh, state record uh, for in Texas there, and in the 100 and the 200, and both of those records still stand, of course. So he's got historic Texas, state of Texas speed as well. Uh, you just gotta, just gotta make sure you can get him the ball, and you know, maybe just maybe tyler maybe he's got uh, Sarkeesian's playbook in his backpack hey, too hey maybe so i'm just saying hey and i'm just, just saying there's no uh, it's no mistake that uh, texas played tcu so well with uh, gary patterson on staff
1: just to save my man mike brooks mentions on twitter he did not say he was going to be an all-american or even a big 12 player he was just looking at the numbers and he said huh this might be the fastest guy ever in program history so that's what he's going off of the numbers. Oh, I, Not a hot I, well.
2: I was ready to uh, nickname him Mike. Uh, Mike Brennan Thompson will win a bolitnikoff Brooks. Well, I thought that kind have of you? Had he a he nice might have changed his
1: Twitter name to that. Have you? Have you checked today? I haven't. Maybe he has. Well, I,
2: I haven't. But I think that's got kind of, kind of rolls off the tongue
1: nicely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He he shared some other interesting stats with me. Tell me what you think about this. OU's played 412 one-score games in program history. 412 one-score games in program history. And we know all about the one-score games last year. Um, Like, to his point, like, one-score games, anything can obviously happen. OU's won just 57% of those. And they've won 75% of their games as a program. So you see how things dramatically decline once we get into the one-score game territory. Uh, He says they've also won more one-score games on the road as opposed to home, which is interesting. I would not have guessed that.
2: Yeah, I wonder how. I wonder what kind of the national average. Like, I I would love to see like the ten school, like ten other schools, or even just the Big Twelve, how they fare in one-score games. Because I know we didn't. (laughs) I know we didn't help that all-time record at all uh, this past year. Going 0-5 in one-score
1: games. Yeah, it was, uh, it was probably north of 60% in one-score <laughs> games until this past year. Right. Yeah. Well, I I mean, we, we're joking about that now uh, at this point of the year, but the first time OU is in a one-score game next year, I'm sure me, you, everyone else watching the things, is probably going to be pretty nervous going down the stretch of it. Like that. That'll be a big moment for this team, like figuring out a way to – and, look, hopefully it's not a one-score game against Arkansas State that they figure out how to win. And not that this uh, schedule is loaded with just great games, but um, I think it would be very beneficial if this team figured out a way to win a one-score game against a good team. That that would be very beneficial.
2: Yeah, well, it, it, it is. You just got to believe it to see it, right? I mean, it's one of those things we all agree. We all agree it's going to be better, you know, on another planet. We've, we've said all these things.
1: We just got to see it to believe it, Tyler. I uh, bummed some people out last segment saying uh, that I think, (laughs) though you might play Missouri every single year on Thanksgiving, you just ruined my day, Tyler, with the news of playing Missouri every year on Thanksgiving. What's a Mizzou buyout to remove them from the SEC and replace them with anybody? Do they have one? I'm in for $100. Could we start a GoFundMe page and make this happen? They're the most boring program in the nation. I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Thanksgiving, Columbia, yeah. Missouri in November is not where I want to be. It's like the last place I want to be. L- literally anywhere else in the SEC, Travis, I would rather be than Columbia, Missouri that weekend, or any weekend for that matter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, hey, I completely, I completely agree. Uh, I, you know, there's, there's nothing. Again, when we sit here and try and say, well, I guess Missouri, there's some recruits in that area. I guess we could play him for that. Like, if if that's what we're trying to sell ourselves on, on, on the advantages of playing Missouri, oh, we're in big trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because, obviously, you're going to get five commits after you win in Columbia, Missouri, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, bumming me out. Sorry about that, Greg. It's just a guess for me. Yeah, I, man, I, you I, brought
2: everybody down, man.
1: I. It's just a guess. I am not reporting anything. It's... Rivalry weekend continues to be a thing. Um, I can sort it out to where it would make sense, well, not to us, but to some other people where OU and Missouri would play uh, that weekend. Uh, 417, I live in Missouri and would rather be anywhere else on Thanksgiving, even Fayetteville, Arkansas. Amen to that. Hey, Fayetteville's nice. Nice and hilly. Uh, Zane says, "Why would people be upset with you proclaiming we will be undefeated on Thanksgiving for the foreseeable future? That is that is a positive to it. Oh, you would have a pretty nice record, I would think, against Missouri, and uh, if I'm right, and for the several years to come.
2: If history, you know, if we look at history, you know, those who." Uh you know, don't learn from history. You're doomed to repeat it. So, we, I, I do expect us to have a pretty good record against Missouri going forward, despite any conference realignment.
1: Sean says, I'd rather be in Columbia than Stillwater or Lubbock. <laughs> 5280 uh, Sooner says, I wish OSU would get over their butt hurts and schedule us for Thanksgiving rivalry every single week. Gunny says, What if we dress as hog fans and storm the field when they beat Texas and Austin? then both universities get in trouble. Yeah, what's the ruling on that? If the SEC wants to take away, well, reportedly, take away home games for teams that storm the field, what if it's the visiting team that storms the field at a location? Then, then, then who gets the game taken away?
2: Yeah, that's kind of interesting because, oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't particularly know. And then, of course, you think, like, neutral site games, how are we doing this? Like, how are we, like, if they, they just have to determine who, like, who the fans are, what the fan split is, or something like that. Like, if we storm the Cotton Bowl.
1: It goes like back what, to the last place they played the game before Dallas, which is where? <laughs> OKC, maybe. I, Probably I someplace forget. that's been Austin. redeveloped into <laughs> yes. an
2: apartment complex now. Guthrie got, or somewhere like that. We got that. to play in the courtyard of an comp- apartment complex now. <sighs> oh. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's not like you lose the home game the next year. You play in a neutral site every year. So I guess you can storm the Cotton Bowl, um, you know, Arkansas and A&M, they can storm that game. Like, I mean, I think we might have found a loophole. Uh,
1: yeah, maybe maybe they'll just play it at Taft Stadium in OKC. Who knows? Maybe that's, that's where it'll be. <laughs> Someone asked us earlier who's the best player in program history. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this. But there is a correct answer to this. A lot of questions like who's the best in OU history at certain things, there's, you know, about four or five right answers. There is a best answer. There, there is a right answer to this. Leroy Selman is the uh, best player in program history. So.
2: Mike Brooks said it was Brandon Thompson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just give it two years, maybe. Uh, most <laughs> underrated is Greg Pruitt, nine yards per carry in the 1971 season. You know,
2: I, I, uh, I golfed with him um, in, a, in a tournament, in a little charity tournament, and it was so funny because he talks about um, muffing a punt against Texas. He said, man, I'm up to punt against Texas, and Barry told me that he was never going to let me return a punt ever again. Nice. He's, he said, and then I got to the NFL, and I went to the Pro Bowl multiple times as a punt returner.
1: <laughs> man. <laughs> I
2: was like, hey, man. Hey, standards, man. Yeah. King had standards. I, I,
1: I, you know, I, I would say, uh, how's the King dealing with that one? But I'm going to guess he probably put someone someone else really good back there at, at returner. It, it was exactly. Exactly.
2: Exactly. No, it's it Leroy Selman is uh is who I would say, right? I mean he's he they, they got a statue and they aren't in Heisman Park, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't like a there wasn't some They got their own park qualifier, that's, that's how legit, you know what I mean. That's
1: how legit they were. They got their right. own they got their own area.
2: Like there wasn't a qualifier. Like, hey, um did you win a Heisman? Cool. You automatically get a statue in Heisman Park. There was nothing. It was just like everybody looked around and be like, we've got to give the Selman Brothers a statue. Well, well do they call no, Bro, they're the Selman Brothers. Yeah, okay, cool. Basically, OU said
1: that they're, they're, he's the best player in program history, too. <laughs> like, he didn't win a Heisman. He's the only other player with a statue, right? Uh, yeah. that, that has a statue that didn't win a Heisman. Uh, outside of his brothers, of course. But, yeah. I think OU probably told you that as well that uh, he's the best player in program history. And I think most of the uh, text line has decided, not everyone, um, in fact, on our Twitter page, there's a lot of Brennan Thompson that's there, which is interesting. Who's the leader coming out of spring for uh, wide receiver number one? A lot of Jaleel Farouk, man. And I'm seeing a lot more Jaleel Farouk now than I did two months ago before spring ball started. I don't know if he had the best spring ball out of anyone. I think he was in consideration but I think people are there more, uh, like, no, no one else, I guess. No one else, you know, established, established themselves as wide receiver one. So, Jaleel Farouk has the best resume up to this point. We'll, we'll go with him going into the summer.
2: Yeah, well, and it's just looked comfortable out there. Didn't do anything to concern you, right? Um, I do have uh, some breaking news. Um, Uh-oh. The Tulsa... And uh, number one, Oklahoma softball matchup is back on. Nuh-uh. uh It's rescheduled for next Tuesday, May the 2nd. I thought, they, the second. I thought no. they
1: canceled it earlier today. and were like, nah, just kidding. We're actually going to play it tonight. Yep, okay, yep. next Tuesday. So
2: originally they thought, hey, look, especially this kind of time of the year, uh, it's kind of tough to make some games up. But um, Tuesday, May 2nd. At 5 o'clock good. at TU. I know a lot and of people
1: up there want to see the softball, team. Yeah,
2: it's, uh, it's sold out, but your ticket for tonight's game is still good for Tuesday. So you can still use that same ticket. The OU-TU softball game has been rescheduled for Tuesday, May 2nd at 5 o'clock at TU.
1: Which uh, will be sold out like every other place that uh, OU plays at. It'll, exactly. it, it'll be a... Uh, O- o- OU could st- o- OU could storm the field at Tulsa next Tuesday cuz they'll have more of the fan more of the fans there like they do at most places. The road games in quotations for o- OU this year. They'll go to Miami of Ohio or Ames Iowa and have more fans there than the opposing team. It's pretty incredible.
2: Well, I mean, you got I, I don't know where you could. I mean, I guess LSU we didn't, but I'm not there're not many places on earth in the, in the solar system maybe, that OU could play and they wouldn't have at least fans there. I mean, they're going to be home most places, but at least fans there for sure.
1: Oh, well, re- but remember, um, OU only wins national championships because they play the WCWS in Oklahoma City. Remember, okay? Like, it's, it's the best program, but only because we've been playing it in Oklahoma City for so long. I'm, I can't wait for that take coming up in about a month. Just kidding. It's the crappiest take out there in sports right now. We're not going to move it away from Oklahoma City, but if anyone ever did, guess who would have the most fans there? Yeah, Oklahoma would have the most fans there. It really is my biggest pet peeve, I think, in sports right now, is that crap take we're going to have to hear in about a month. It's the worst excuse. And it really is, uh, it's quite disrespectful to what the uh, OU softball program has built. To think that overwhelming home advantage is the reason why they're the best thing going in all of college softball right now. It's pretty right. stupid,
2: and and it, not only is it stupid, like I, I went I went down the list on Twitter the other day, but it was it was laughable what they I mean they lead the country in batting average, doubles per game, ERA, fielding percentage, home runs per game, on base percentage, scoring, shutout, slugging percentage, win loss percentage, and it's all because they are close to OKC. Okay, and, and that's why they win in OKC? It's not because they're just the best at literally everything that the sport has the opportunity to be the best at? Get out of here. Stop it.
1: Uh, don't forget that uh, OU has what is, in my opinion, the greatest pitching staff of all time. I've been on that take for a few weeks now. Two pitchers under with a sub-1 ERA, and Jordy Ball is inching closer and closer and closer to a sub-1 ERA by the start. I think she's at like a 1.12 now, something right around there. I think there's a chance OU goes in the postseason with three pitchers with a sub-1 ERA. And when you look at the amount of innings thrown and the teams that they played this year, um, if you don't agree with me now, you might in about three or four weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean, in, in, and as we've said, right, it's the, the postseason. We've seen it with Kelly Maxwell, Odyssey Alexander, Haley Dolcini, uh, Montana Fouts, uh, Sandercock. We, we, we've seen it with all these. Even Juarez, like had, to, like, had to pitch a ton in the postseason. And Montana Fouts' arm is already about to fall off. You You, you have to have that rotational depth. I mean, the other night... We're playing Baylor, right? And we've got a we've got a 7-0 lead, and Jordy's struck out 10 already. And uh, Jordy's going to come out of the game. Who's coming in? Oh, Nicole May better, is going to be who relieves her. Who has a Maybe the best ERA. pitcher of the entire country. Yeah, uh, okay. I mean, like that kind of stuff just gets to you mentally and you there's never a break whether it's with the offense, whether it's with the lineup or whether it's with the pitching staff. There's just never a break and that's just got to be so exhausting.
1: I uh, I love this rebuttal. It's my favorite one to the OU only wins because they play at OKC. By that logic, Nebraska should be winning at baseball every single season. Yes. Uh here's another if Nebraska Nebraska ever fires off a cluster of natties in baseball, uh, move the College World Series away from Omaha. Um, it's obviously the reason Patty has won so many titles. Same reason Nebraska baseball wins in Omaha every single year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nice well, and job, and We keep guys. on having
2: to play national titles in football, you know, on, on the road, if you will. So... Let us have Oklahoma City, guys. Just let us have Oklahoma City. We're winning because we're better.
1: 405-651-3439. More college football next right here on The Ref.
0: Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for soon. The
1: Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the Sour of the Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. How about uh, Colorado soon get it? Probably they're going to get uh, – The uh, Rookie of the Year in the American Conference back in 2021, slated starter for Dana Holgerson at Houston this year at running back, Alton McCaskill IV. He just randomly decided to hop in the transfer portal after his exit meeting. His exit meeting went very well with head coach Dana Holgerson, and apparently he came back uh, a few days later and said, yeah, I'm actually going to hit the portal, and it sounds like he's going to see you. Huh. That's kind of interesting how that works funny, out.
2: Funny how that works. Funny how that works. You know, it's it's it, you're already starting to see a little bit of the panic set in with some Colorado fans going, okay, eventually we need people to come back, right? And when I say Colorado fans, I mean Dion fans because, let's be honest, he brought a lot of new fans with him that didn't care about Colorado. And their students
1: sport. don't care about uh, football there. Right. They just right. care about so, talking trash.
2: So I want to I want to kind of give you a glimpse into how this is being framed because Dion is good for business right now. He was on the Pat McAfee show today, using more analogies about getting rid of things for new things. He's like, I got a beautiful new home, you know, I'm gonna get rid of the old furniture and bring in some new stuff. Can't bring in new stuff. You got the old stuff in the way. Like we get it, Dion. You don't. You can stop coming up with analogies for bringing in new players. Like we we understand what you're doing. Um, but on three just uh, announced one of their new commitments. Did you see their new commitment? Derek McClendon from Florida State?
1: No, I did not. Wow.
2: So he on three is saying, Uh-oh, we coming. Hashtag we coming. Colorado has landed the second highest available edge in the portal. Second highest available edge. That sounds really good, right, Tyler? That's gotta be that's gotta be way up there. Well, what they fail to mention is nearly everybody in the top, like, 250 in the portal has already gone somewhere. So, Derek McClendon, although he is the second highest-ranked edge available in the portal, he is a three-star coming in at the 278th-ranked spot in the portal.
1: So You're not projecting him to your All-Pac-12 team? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm not.
2: Uh, but Colorado fans are saying, see, told you guys, those 50 people that left... Look at this. We got our Louie coming in. Now, now, sorry, guys. Uh, the 278th-ranked player in the portal, um, three-star Derek McClendon. I wish him nothing but the best, personally, of course. But if this is who the Louie bags were that you were bringing, oh, boy. Might want to check them. More like Samsonite,
1: is that what you're saying, huh? Not mm, Louie. It's uh, Samsonite bags he's bringing in uh, instead. I,
2: I was close. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's But you can already see, Tyler, the the recruiting media try and shift the narrative and say oh man McLendon's the second highest uh, available edge in the portal yeah because when you scroll through the portal everybody's already enrolled in spring like all the, like i get there's post spring transfers i i like trust me but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure Brennan Thompson was like 55 or something like that like I mean, and and I didn't see uh, I didn't see that we got the number one wide receiver still left in the portal or anything
1: like that. Just it's just funny the narratives. Sure. Uh, by the way, speaking of the transfer portal, uh, Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame. What didn't he announce like yesterday that he was uh, entering into the transfer portal, and he's already at Alabama today. His yeah, former offensive like, coordinator is uh, in Bama, obviously. Did- didn't he say, like, with an option to come back? Yeah, like, if, if, was... if my options aren't great, then I might come back to Notre Dame. Like, oh, okay. He,
2: he, he not... didn't say that to Texas. He's not allowed to come back. That's
1: what Sark said today at the Houston Touchdown Club, and, oh, buddy, they like that one. Yeah. Um, I hope Bama's not uh, resting all their hopes, or their, their hopes aren't up on Tyler Buckner. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not there, – there's a lot of people down on Alabama, down in the south. I'm not ready to go there yet, but – if tyler buckner is bama's starting quarterback next year then i might get on board with everyone else that is uh that would be a uh, lower level uh he he'd be one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the sec next year if that's where they end up going it just doesn't feel like that's where they end up going right there's no way there's no way i sure, surely not I I don't know. This is your you first go. and last warning, Tyler. I will not tolerate Samsonite slander on the radio today. You already got me in a foul mood with the news about playing Missouri every single year. I don't want to play Missouri either. I I it's the last team I want to play. <laughs> See what you don't done think today? I am a Missou- I, I am a pro. Let's play Missouri. I've made that pretty clear. I one hundred percent against it.
2: Man, you I just got, think that's I mean, what's going to happen. You sent the text line to, into a well, tail See, because
1: it's Missouri. Everyone is gets in a bad mood when they hear about having to play Missouri every year. I'm one of those. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Samsonite. You know, I, I I'm not sure you're going to get a lot of strong opinions there. But I think uh, luggage reviews would perhaps uh, rile up less people uh, than than. Talking about playing Missouri, there are a lot of people, Tyler, that wonder why we're playing Missouri and why we aren't. Well, and and not saying that it's locked in, right? Because we haven't got anything official. But they're wondering why would we play Missouri when
1: Arkansas is right there. Yeah, um, yeah. I I'd, I'd rather play Arkansas than Missouri. Um, not saying that Arkansas is like some great option, but it's a it's a whole lot better than playing Missouri every single year. But how about that? How about people just? This is. I don't remember another year where people have been this down on Alabama going into a year. We're probably all making a fatal mistake uh, doubting Nick Saban going into this season, but boy, I, I saw a poll Monday where it had him all the way back at number six to start the year. Really? Yeah.
2: Ah oh, man, number six. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Now we're getting. Now we're getting on the text line. Jan Sport. We're getting Samsonite. Now, now we're, we're off into another realm entirely.
1: Yeah, we're off uh, We're off of it a little bit. 405-651-3439. <laughs> we'll bring it back to college football next right here on The Ref.
0: From Norman to Lawton to Weatherford to Oklahoma City to Tulsa and beyond, the Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. And when you're away, never miss a second with the KREF app. How good does it feel to shop Landers, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram of the rooms today or online at GreatPlainsKabota.com? Again, GreatPlainsKabota.com.
1: Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Golly, I am getting a kick out of uh, all of the questions that were asked to uh, Steve Sarkeesian earlier today at the Houston Touchdown Club. Apparently, uh, at the events, the crowd or some of the members there were uh, able to ask Sark some questions. And one of the questions asked to the Texas head coach today was, hey, how much did Arch cost y'all? That was a question to Sark today. <laughs> Sark's response was zero. He says he hasn't taken any nil money yet whatsoever. Uh, you believe? Right, take that for what you will. I don't know, but someone in the audience asked him how much Sark cost. I, that's 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 pretty amazing. Nice job, um, guys.
2: I mean, the I mean, the school didn't give anything to him. I mean, that's the one. That's the thing. I mean, Sark probably has to say that legally, right? To say, "Hey, look." We've given him zero dollars. I mean, I'm not sure how much our collective or how much this random oil billionaire or how much blah, blah, blah gave him. You know, that's a completely different story because I think Steve Sarkeesian is telling the truth. He he didn't give him anything. The University of Texas didn't give him anything. They need to give him, you know, maybe one of those lanyards you keep your ID on. Um, They need to give him one of those so he stops losing that
1: a lanyard uh NIL deal or would he be a terrible <laughs> spokesman for that. <laughs> no one th- would believe that it actually works.
2: Exactly, exactly. They need to uh they need to uh yeah, g- give him maybe just print him 50 IDs. Just he has one on him at all times.
1: Yeah, I, I has the buzz died down a little bit for him after that spring game. Well, I think
2: it, you know, I think it has a little bit because obviously I think where a lot of the buzz was coming from was from, like, recruiting services. Your 247s on threes, Rivals of the World, ESPN, obviously, um, was very involved in that. But now I think they're just on to 2024, and to be honest, they're on to Colorado. Like, it's kind of, you know, what's the next story? What's the next story, right? Because his performance was not great, and obviously Sarkeesian said, you know, Quinn's going to be the starter, which I don't think any of us, at least here, questioned, it's really Malik Murphy is probably the most entertaining conversation that needs to be had about that quarterback room. I wonder if he ends up in the portal this offseason.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that he's not in the portal already, um, to be honest with you, because yeah. I think he can go start somewhere at like a Power 5 school. Uh, we'll see. Uh, by the way, we're reading off Texas' non-conference schedule for the next three years. Really, for the next five years, it's going to be difficult, but for the next three in particular... It's it, at Alabama this year, which, what what did I read off? They're like a seven-and-a-half point or eight-and-a-half point dog in that one already. Mm-hmm. At Alabama this year, at Michigan next year with an SEC schedule, and then at Ohio State with an SEC schedule. And then mm-hmm. games against Michigan and Ohio State after that. So, uh, Texas in the next three years has at Alabama, at Michigan, and at Ohio State in the non-con. Have fun, guys.
2: Yeah, I mean there's there's brave, uh, which I respect. And then there's stupid, which, you know, you just gotta kind of ask yourself which, which is that, right? Because, you know, we're, we don't know what to expect in the SEC, I think we all agree that it is going to be tougher at a bare, at bare minimum. But how much tougher? I guess that depends on how the schedule lays out. But, man, setting yourself up with that, like I said, I want to respect it because, I think I think you should challenge the big teams. But I don't know, man. It's an interesting
1: I, yeah. time, man, like the toughest oh, man, conference the that you've ever played in before. <laughs> like, you know.
2: be, be tough once you get your C legs, you know, <laughs> or your S E C legs, if you will. Uh, be tough then. But the question is, you know, do we think do we think that Sarkeesian, Harbaugh, and Ryan Day are the coaches in all of those matchups?
1: Um, Harbaugh, yes, unless the Vikings job opens again, right. maybe not. Ohio State, man, that's that's the one. Um, right, that's tough. I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes for all three of those games, but I don't feel great about it. I, I mean, there's just so much turnover nowadays in college football, especially in the SEC, man. You know, like, there, there's always... Seemingly always turnover in that conference. I'm trying to think if, do they have any first-year head coaches in the league this year? Uh, maybe last year was a little bit of an anomaly, uh, probably because there's so many big-time buyouts. But I remember like when Brian Kelly, like LSU and Florida were open at the same time last year. I, I guess Auburn has a first-year head coach, but it's, it is uh, sometimes the norm. It, it is the norm for two big-time programs in one year to have a job open.
2: Well, but there's always, you know, always openings, right? So it's, you know, it's just that cyclical nature of, you know, if, if somebody takes one job, then it just it starts that domino effect of, okay, now we've got, you know, LSU opens up. Okay, well, that's going to open up Notre Dame, which, you know, Oklahoma opens up. USC had opened up, which opened up. You know what I mean? Like it's just one one or two come open, and all of a sudden it screws up the entire landscape of you know the coaching but I do agree I think Ryan Day is probably the least likely um, to be head coach at that time
1: Uh, which would you rather have OU's non-con first two years in the SEC or Texas non-con in the in the SEC or first two years in the SEC Texas has two awesome road trips along with the SEC at Michigan and at Ohio State two places that would be awesome to go to OU, a little bit different, man. Um, Like, next year, their first year in the SEC in 24, the two teams that they have, uh, they they, they don't have a marquee opponent. They've got two cupcakes at an open date right now, and I would imagine that you probably schedule another cupcake in there. You do have Michigan in year two, but it's a a little bit different of an approach here for the next three years between OU and Texas non-con. Which one would you rather have given the two states of the programs?
2: You know, I'll probably be in the minority on this because I know everybody likes the marquee matchups, but college football is becoming increasingly more expensive to attend. We see a lot of fans. I'm sure there's a lot of people on the text line that think, hey, maybe I, I, maybe I go to one game, right? I ran into a lot of uh, OU fans at Iowa State that said, hey, we live in Chicago. We only come to one game, and it's when, you know, you guys come to Iowa State. So, uh, you know, I think I would rather – I would rather have our non-con because I want all of our fans to have their sole focus be making a good impression and enjoying the first run through a lot of these SEC destinations and really showing people that, yes, we can travel uh, you know, like the rest of the SEC does. So I would rather do that because, Tyler, I think if we had that other schedule, I think you would have a lot of people deciding to go to some of those games, and it would it would make our attendance suffer yeah. in the SEC. I,
1: I do think the SEC would probably take preference, but it'd be hard to turn down a, a trip to the shoe, even though you oh, were I'm just going. there like, what, I mean, five I'm going <laughs> six years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would
2: certainly go, but I, I, think, I think the focus needs to be on the SEC and – and just getting off on the right foot. You on the SEC, you know, you, you want to be able to go in there and win, you know, 10 wins your first year. Or something Like reel something like that off. That's a big difference between 9 and 10. They don't care if that, you know, other losses to Michigan Ohio, or Ohio State.
1: Oklahoma, Johnny, will it be this summer or fall that we find out the SEC schedule format and who our annual SEC opponents will be? I think it'll be this spring, Johnny. Um, the SEC... Spring meetings in Destin, Florida, which I always wondered: how much do they really get accomplished there? Is that just an excuse <laughs> for all the SEC coaches just to go to what? Uh, what do they call that area? I mean, it's Destin, but they have a they have a name for that that, that area that's there. Um, yeah, I'm
2: not. I'm not sure. I haven't been down there.
1: Yeah, so I I always wonder like, is there actually anything getting done? But it sounds like this year that they're actually going to decide on like how many conference games, which it sounds like nine and who the three permanent opponents will be for each team.
2: Well, it's starting to feel a little bit like, you know, how we waited.
1: 30-A. Sorry, that's what I was thinking of. 30-A.
2: Like, how we waited forever for the Big 12 schedule to come out. Like, the SEC schedule came out, and then it it feels like we waited, well, we waited months for the Big 12 schedule to come out. It's just, I, I feel like they could release these things very early. But the only problem is, the Sabans of the world and the Kirby Smarts of the world, they got something to say about it. I feel like if the SEC just said, hey, we're going to release it, it would have been out by now. Because you have all the information that you need, Tyler. Like this isn't a situation where you need to, you know, balance, you know, the, the okay, we've got this many road games, we've got this many, away, you know, many home games, we need to make sure that these teams, you know, to, No you know the teams that are there. You're not actually making the schedules right now. You're making the schedule format, which does not need much detail. You know the teams that are going to be in your conference in 2024, so I don't know what we're waiting on.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, man. I I I, hey, trust me. For summer content, I would love to find out what OU schedule is going to be, <laughs> be in the first year in the SEC. Please, which would make uh, this year's home schedule feel or look even worse, wouldn't it? Oh my oh, God! It already. I mean, Arkansas bad. is like our third best home game, but my God, it would be by far and away the best home game this year. It's
2: already this year's home schedule is already lipstick on a pig. Like it would take the lipstick off. It, it would apply some makeup remover to the pig. And uh, it would get ugly.
1: Yeah, it would. Five eight zero Texas will probably win at Alabama, and that will make them look unstoppable. I think Alabama's on the decline. Alabama may be on the decline, uh, but that doesn't mean that Texas is going to roll out to Tuscaloosa and beat them. I'm, I'm man, not I'm, there. Well, I'm not
2: buying the Alabama on the decline thing. I mean, Say not yet. They just have the number I mean, one
1: class. They're all right.
2: We have uh, we've been down this road before, Tyler. We've been down this road before. Alabama. L- let me real quick ask you. Uh, maybe I haven't been paying attention. Nick Saban's still the coach over there?
1: Um, ye- yes, he's still the full-time head coach there as of now. Okay,
2: you've confirmed that. Um, and
1: uh, I don't really keep up much with recruiting. Did they have a pretty good class last year? It wasn't the highest-ranked class of all time, but it wasn't that far off. But pr- but probably,
2: was it the best in the country? It was the best in the
1: country, oh yeah.
2: Well, well that's sure something. Oh, in 2022, I think they had the second-ranked class. And uh, 2021, I think they had the top ranked class. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be writing off Alabama anytime mm, soon. No,
1: is there any possibility, as a texture in the six two zero, that OU and Texas don't play each other moving forward? Uh, there's zero no, percent chance of that.
2: No, no, that would be that would be one of the few non negotiables. If they uh, did one
1: permanent opponent instead of three, OU's permanent opponent would be Texas. Correct. OU and Texas will always play one another.
2: Right, and that would take obvious precedent over. Texas A&M in Texas, even though a lot of Texas A&M fans would say, "No, we gotta, we gotta bring this rivalry back." No, no, no. Shut
1: up, guys. Your yeah, rivalry doesn't up. matter. No one cares shut about up. it. Okay. Yeah, shut up. It hasn't mattered in like thirty years, so let's calm down there. All do right. we
2: think, do we think OU Texas immediately is the best rivalry in the conference, or do you think maybe the Iron Bowl has has a uh, claim to that?
1: Um, I I mean I try and take bias out of it. Yeah. Well, well, that's asking me a lot here. Okay, (laughs) that's why I said try. I didn't say
2: (laughs) I didn't tell you to take bias out. I said try. If
1: Auburn continues to be bad, then and I know that OU like OU was not great last year. All that. I think it's probably the Iron Bowl for now. The rivalry, though, that you have to look at is if Tennessee continues to win double-digit games and you know really push Georgia in the SEC East, then Bama-Tennessee is a, an historic rival. I don't think it's more important to Alabama than the Auburn game is, but that one's kind of like a, a rivalry back on the rise a little bit. I'd probably say the Iron Bowl, though, is still number one initially. OU and Texas would need to get back into consistently the top ten. And maybe even the top five like it was in the early two thousands, for it to be thought of as the best rivalry in the in the in the league.
2: Yeah, I think the pageantry that comes with you know, comes with the, the actual cotton bowl and Tyler, I cannot wait to see the SEC logo on that Cotton Bowl field during OU Texas. That is going to be a good looking field.
1: I guess will the first time we see the SEC logo on a field, uh, be at the spring game next year.
2: Um, no, they have to wait till the summer.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. So it'll be – They have to wait till
2: the summer. They have to mm. wait till after Omaha because I believe so that's it'll the be latest when they, running sport. So it'll be
1: when they host a top golf event at the stadium during the summer. That's the first time we'll see it. They'll yes, and the, the highest course. point system will be to
2: see if you can land it <laughs> on the SEC logo.
1: Nice, I like that. That would actually be sweet if they did it that way. That'd oh, that would be, that'd really be
2: cool. so cool. Well, I'm telling you, I bet uh, I need uh, – I know – our, our boy uh, director of fields Jason Fairs uh, might be tuned in. Uh, I, he might he might know a little bit more than we do about it. But I hope they I hope they like you know auction off a fan experience or something like that at the 212 Foundation uh, that's coming up the women, women's clinic for the people that get to see the first logo unveiling. Like get to see right when they pull it up. Look here's the SEC logo. On uh, Owen field,
1: I think that'd be special. That'd Be sweet. Georgia Florida is a huge neutral site game, says the text line. They might be moving that one to uh, on campus. Georgia and Florida away from Jacksonville. At least uh, that's what the Georgia side wants to do. We'll see if that gets done. Four oh five. Like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes the OU Texas game look maybe even a little bit better with the neutral site aspect to it. Well, and you it's know? better
2: because our neutral site is so much more unique than Jacksonville's. I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I know the pageantry around that game, but it's but it's not. Texas State Fair in the middle of the fair with the you know, it's it's just not the same.
1: It is not the same. 405-651-3439. More college football next right here on the ref.
0: This is your home for Sooner Fans, the ref sports radio network. How good does it feel to shop Lander Chevrolet of Norman? Huge savings are back good, like $5,000 off and 3.9% financing for 60 months on 2023 Silverado Crew Cabs, or take a total.
1: First round of the NFL Draft coming your way tomorrow night. We'll see if uh, Anton Harrison hears his name selected in the first round. Anton Harrison and I guess uh, Tommy Atabare, the older brother of uh, five-star freshman PJ Atabare, Mel Kuyper's best available. He's got Anton Harrison as the number 26 available player. He's got Tommy at number uh, 42. So I'll be rooting for Anton Harrison to get in the first round. I will uh, be rooting for Tommy to, to make the first round as well.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's tough, right, with all the... With all of the uh, you know best available this, best available that, it really matters when the top end moves, right? Oh yeah. When the run on quarterbacks go, if you if you're you know positions of need. Yeah, it's like when your run on tackles go. I mean, it's the same as kind of you know our own fantasy football drafts. Is once you see that first tight end go, you're like, oh boy, better uh, better pick me up one of those stuff like that. So Anton is a first round talent. There's no doubt about that. Plays at a position of need. There's there are very few teams in the league that are like, yeah, we couldn't afford to upgrade at left tackle on a rookie deal. Like, there's just there's just not that many out there, right? Like most posi- important positions in the sport are probably. Um, quarterback, left tackle, and I don't know. What do you think? Maybe an edge rusher these days. It's like protect the quarterback, be the quarterback, or go get the quarterback.
1: Yeah, I would have said corner in the past, but um, not that corner's not a premium position, but maybe not what it was ten years ago. I heard some interesting stats on the best teams in football last year and kind of where they ranked PFF wise at corner, which I thought was fascinating. Hey, uh, random question before we hit the top of the top of the at uh, top of the hour. And we don't talk a lot, a whole lot of NBA because why would we, right? Uh, do OU fans root for Trey Young? He's mm. a, a, in the playoffs, obviously. I think,
2: yes. I think they do. Uh, I know there are some people in Norman that, you know, think that he is a ball hog or or this, that, or the other. I mean, he did lead the – Lead the country in assists, you know, his last year at OU, as well as points. Only person to ever do that in the NCAA. I do think last night, based on my timeline, there were a lot of OU fans rooting for him.
1: Yeah, no one roots against him. I just didn't know how many people actively root for him uh, out there in Atlanta.
2: I think probably, I mean, I assume he's, he was going up against Blake last night, and I didn't see a single tweet about Blake Griffin's support. And Buddy Healed, you know, he's kind of been that role-player shooter. So, I mean, Austin Reeves getting a little love, but he wasn't really appreciated here. So I think Trey would probably get the most support. If he ever,
1: he ever wins an NBA championship, they'll support him. Oh, you better believe <laughs> Twitter it. Twitter will be flooded with that. Final hour's next.
2: 1400
0: AM, KREF, Norman, Moore.